0: There is a, a uh, disinformation program, literally, for everyone, no matter who you are and what, what your interests are, uh, what your beliefs are, uh, which, which way you're focusing. There is a website set up just for you to take you in and to vector your thinking and your attention into the way that they want you to think. You
1: are listening to Radio Free Science of the Times, broadcasting into the heart of an occupied America.
2: Welcome to this week's Signs of the Times podcast. I'm Henry.
0: And I'm Scott.
2: (laughs) I'm Joe. And we have with us once again Laura. Hi. This week we are going to the mailbag. On the Signs of the Times forum, we have a topic where readers can write in and can ask us to discuss certain topics. I don't think we've ever actually gone in and discussed any of those topics. So this week we thought we would... It
3: was high time that we did. It was
2: high time, yes.
0: So dig into the mailbag, Henry, and pull out the first one. What do people want us to talk about?
3: Let's see. Well,
2: Well, we took a number of the requests that we had, and a number of them are, are similar. There are quite a few people who wanted us to say something about the Greenbaum Lecture and Mind Control and also the HARP system. So we'll touch on that. And another set of questions revolved around the issue of cyclic cataclysms, the economic problems that we'll be facing, the multi-millennial control structure that's in place, secret societies. And we know that all of this relates to the pathocracy, which is, the, in fact, the underlying multi-millennial control structure. And the basis for any real secret society. So, we are going to be seeing how green bombing, uh, mind control, the HARP system, which is not about weather control but is definitely about mind control, fits in with cyclic catastrophes, the multi millennial control structure, and we're going to take a look tonight at how all these things fit together. When we look at, say, the United States, where These symptoms are probably the most extreme. We see a population.
0: What symptoms?
2: These symptoms of horror that we see going on in the world and a lack of reaction on the parts of the population. For example, the massive crimes that are being committed by Israel in Lebanon in the occupied territories. Funded
0: by the U.S.
2: And... It's not only the United States, the the U.S. people that are doing nothing, but it's the entire world that's standing by and allowing this to happen.
0: Well, this is fairly typical because uh, it's exactly the same thing that happened uh, prior to World War II when Nazi Germany was taken over by a pathocracy. And I just want to kind of emphasize that a pathocracy is when the government has been taken over completely and... Has been turned into a uh, an evil system run by deviant personalities, psychopaths, etc. And uh, although there is there is always a uh, an element in human society that consists of these kinds of deviant persons, and they're always vying. For position and vying to take control and and most often in history they they do but generally they they don't last long because not that many of them are very smart they they get assassinated or they you know their people rise up against them eventually because the the greed is such a sickness that they they cannot contain themselves so uh, they get deposed and then somebody less deviant comes to power um you know, th- over and over again throughout history, this kind of situation has transpired. But in in the times uh, leading up to the takeover of Germany by the uh, a truly pathocratic system, the world was equally silent. Uh, there were many people in many countries who were hearing rumors or outright reports of what the Nazis were doing and we're ignoring it or excusing it or saying we can make nice
2: or or even supporting it
0: or even supporting it yes i, I don't know if uh, anybody has seen the the movie the remains of the day but this is an interesting little drama about uh, a british aristocrat who who truly believed because of his uh, love of germany and german culture and german opera and wagner and the whole nine yards gerta etc uh, that uh, Germany was finally going to be uh, raised up from the ashes of the, um, f- from the Treaty of Versailles, which had so diminished Germany and had been really quite unfair.
2: So unfair that, in fact, Germany is still paying reparations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is, what, 90, almost 90 years later, and they're still paying reparations for the Treaty of Versailles
0: yeah so anyhow, this British aristocrat was uh quite fond of Germany and uh, German culture, and he supported the nazis and of course, the Nazis themselves sent out the best representatives to uh, to present their philosophy their ideology in the most attractive way possible and a lot of people bought it well, in a certain sense this is uh, this is part of what happens with with the pathocracy they adopt an ideology and then they take over the group that promotes this ideology and everything changes because the words remain the same but none of the actions are still the same. Uh,
2: One of the things that Lobachevsky remarks in his book is that the people that get sent out out of the country that has been polarized that the pathocracy has taken over they know that they have to send out representatives who are not terribly uh, abnormal yeah because then the rest of the world would see through them so that the representatives that get sent out are the ones who are as have the, the greatest ability of putting on a, a facade a mask of, mask of sanity. sanity yeah
0: yes yeah so in any event this is uh, this is exactly what happened then and it's kind of a curious parallel to think about it because in the united states for example there was plenty of information available for what was being done in Germany, about the concentration camps, about the uh, the destruction of society or the or the polarization of society uh, against the Jews and how they were being arrested en masse or being uh, deprived of their rights, being uh, forced to wear um, identifying uh, marks on their clothing, how they were not allowed to keep their businesses. You know, their their possessions were being uh, taken away from them. Uh, they were being killed. Uh, many, many things were happening, and nobody in the world was listening. Nobody was paying attention. Or if they were, they were shoving it under the rug. They were turning their eyes away. It was somebody else's problem. Uh, you know, let somebody else do something about it. And, of course, you know, Germany then invaded uh, uh, Austria, Czechoslovakia and Poland. And then, you know, finally when they invaded Poland, uh, Great Britain got involved in the war because, of course, they had a treaty with, uh, a defense treaty with Poland. And uh, that was pretty much all she wrote at that point.
3: Although leading up to the uh, the start of the Second World War, um, the mainstream media at the time in in the UK and in America was playing a very definite role in... Um, Covering up the reality of the Nazi regime, because as late as 1938, Hitler yeah. was appearing in um, in a British uh, popular uh, w- monthly magazine called Home and Garden or something like that, and he was, he was being presented. Uh, there were pictures of him at his estate, uh, his, his his his, you know, as a, a gentleman, in the country, he was being presented as this dapper uh, gentleman uh, at his country estate with his dogs and children, and, and this was 1938, you know, so, I mean... 1938, there's,
0: yeah. There's a lot to
3: be said for, for, obviously, even back then, for the control of, uh, or the control exerted by the mainstream media, but what people understood. Obviously, all of what was going on behind the scenes. So the of
0: question, it. of course, is, uh, since we see a certain... Condition prevailing in the world today, where there is, you know, outrageous injustice and violence, and nobody is really putting their finger on the real issue. And it's like uh, it's like. No, um, Norman Finkelstein wrote in his book uh, Beyond Hutzpa that at this point in time, nobody disagrees with the facts of where, when, and how Israel was formed, that, it, that there were, you know, seven, eight 800,000 Palestinians living in, in, in the country. It was not empty. It was not void of a population. And uh, Great Britain had promised the Arabic population their own government in the sykes Pico Agreement. And then they turned around and made the Balfour Declaration, and this was, what, 1917? Mm-hmm. And essentially... Gave the land that they had already promised the Arabs to have their own uh, their own government and, and gave it to someone else out from under them. I mean, just think about the enormous unfairness of this. this is this was so outrageous an act that uh, it it's hardly comprehensible. And uh, getting into all the whys and wherefores about that, you know, of course, at the time there was plenty of media uh, manipulation. And uh, there was even an interesting event that took place uh, right at that time. That included uh, Howard Carter, who was the discoverer of the tomb of Tutankhamun. And apparently, there were several scrolls, manuscripts discovered in the tomb. And this was widely reported in the media for about a period of two weeks. And then it disappeared and all of a sudden it was it was covered up and it was said that oh no, they mistook some some rolls of linen. And it wasn't until several months later that uh, apparently Howard Carter in a and this was after of course uh, after Lord Carnovan had died mysteriously I should add that Howard Cor- Carter threatened the British officials with revealing the contents of the uh, of the scrolls which were the true story of the Exodus, which was apparently found, written on scrolls, on papyrus, in, uh, in the tomb of Tutankhamun, And this was covered up, hushed up, by the British government.
2: And we can only assume that if it was covered up and hushed up, it's because the story of the Exodus that was given in these papyri did not match the story that was came down in the Bible.
0: Exactly. That it would undoubtedly completely undermine the claim of, uh, of the Zionists that they had a, you know, a right to Israel, that there was you know, an exodus as it had been described. But in any event, during the course of this uh, court battle that Howard Carter was waging with the Egyptian government, uh, which, which was going on at that time, there was an enormous amount of media manipulation, which was you know, clear and evident, which was a form of mind control. And then later, during the you know the same type of media management took place uh, prior to World War II, which was a curious thing because on the one hand, there were there were many, many Jews who owned these media organs, who covered up and suppressed the reports of their own people being brutally treated, even murdered. And at the same time, there were other groups that were pressing for the United States to get into the war. It was it was as though, you know, if you looked at it from the outside without having any knowledge of, of an intention, you would think that the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. But once you come to the understanding, which Norman Finkelstein has documented, that they very much intended to create a terrible catastrophe, a, a, a genocidal event that would engender sympathy uh, for a group of people in order to give them the right to take over this uh, the, this piece of real estate which belonged at the time to the Palestinians. So in a certain sense, it's very easy to see that the thing was being manipulated by uh, British and American interests. British imperialism, of course, at the time was very interested in having... Uh, someone who was beholden to them and who they could, thought they could control, occupying Palestine,
2: as a way to keep the Arabs divided.
0: Right, and um, so there was there was that. But still, there is. It's still hard to explain the silence of the whole rest of the world. For example, France was. Uh, quite nonchalant about the whole Hitler issue. I mean, Hitler was right next door. He was doing what he was doing. He was invading Austria, you know, Czechoslovakia, Poland, you know, Romania, you know, every every place. And they they basically did nothing. You know, they were so interested in their own internal affairs and their own internal arguments, you know, the divisiveness going on in their own country, that it wasn't until, you know, the the, the Nazis arrived on the doorstep of Paris that that they realize that it was that it was a real danger and so it is through history again and again and again people try to sweep it under the rug and they do not realize until it is upon them that it's real and that it can happen to them right there on their doorstep and this is a curious feature of human nature what? it's almost as though it's not even necessary to use mind control or brainwashing techniques
3: Part of the problem, I think, is that um, people obviously believe government leaders when they say uh, that they're going to wage war or going to invade another country uh, for a specific reason. And obviously the reasons that they give are almost always associated with some ideal that uh, if, if not the whole world can kind of identify with, then the people in the specific country can identify with. But generally they're honourable and uh, noble ideals. So people aren't told why, that, uh, the real reasons that um, a, a country or, or an army is invading another country are doing what they're doing. I mean, we see this in, in Israel at the minute. Um, the, the official story from the Israeli government is that they're invading Lebanon um, and the bombings that they're carrying out are to defend Israel, to defend Israeli people. So that's a noble ideal, right? Everybody can agree that defending yourself is a noble ideal. So everybody, uh, uh, the people in ordinary countries, uh, or the ordinary people of of any specific country, when they hear this will will just believe it because they can't really believe that any government leader or group of leaders would... um, would would invade another country just simply for, for, for self-interest and, and that they would engage in the mass murder of ordinary innocent civilians for their own political gain. They, they never, never, never believe that or, or are able to go there.
0: And the reason for this is, it seems to me, what Joe just said, is that they can't believe it. And why they can't believe it, why the average person cannot believe that there are evil people who would do evil things like this for their own self-interest is because the majority of human beings aren't like that yeah, they, wouldn't, they do it themselves. wouldn't do it themselves and because they wouldn't do it themselves and all of us tend to think that other people are like us mm-hmm. and when some when somebody does something aggressive towards us we tend to assume that that they are stressed or they are unhappy or they you know some sort of uh, uh, pressure is on them that makes them behave in, a, in an unkind way and even with people who repeatedly historically throughout their entire lives you know are constantly aggressive and mean to other people, you know their families may defend them as being oh well he's just uh um, he's just an has an artistic temperament or he's uh, he's just a rogue or he's um He's just eccentric, or they make excuses for them. You know, he's just that way. You know, you know, Uncle Charlie, you have to put up with him. He's because, under a
2: lot of stress these yeah. days.
0: and people make excuses for these things because they are projecting onto this person their own, their own ability to have empathy and to feel for other human beings. They cannot believe that somebody would do something so mean and so cruel because they wouldn't do it themselves. That is the chief tool that is used against normal people in terms of brainwashing and mind control
3: they use their own minds against them so so brainwashing isn't really as uh, bizarre or out there or the concept of brainwashing isn't as as far out there as as you know a lot of people believe i mean they think it's got to do with uh, waves being beamed into people's heads and then being turned into, you know, zombies or, 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 or assassins. But it's much more men- mundane than that, and it's much more widespread, obviously, for that reason.
0: Well, that leads us, of course, to the subject of this, this so-called green bombing, uh, this green bomb uh, procedure for uh, creating split personalities or dissociative states we did, a, uh, we did a discussion on dissociative states uh, some time ago and it would probably be useful to review that particular broadcast uh, to understand what, what we mean by a dissociative state. But the thing is is that everybody goes into dissociative states um, you know, at one time or another in their lives and some people do it quite frequently and some people do it a lot during any given day. Some people do it more than others. Uh, when you go to a movie... And you forget your own life, and you are completely involved in the characters of the movie, the drama of the movie, the action of the movie. you are in a dissociative state. the same thing happens when you're watching television or playing video games uh, any Any numbers of situations can can bring on a dissociative state. People learn to dissociate when something unpleasant happens because you know then they don't have to necessarily deal with it. Um, you know, children dissociate very easily. Now, the idea of the Green Bomb Mind Programming Project uh, was brought to the public by uh, Dr. Coridan Hammond, and I believe we have a copy of this lecture that he gave to a... Um, let's see, who did he give this thing to?
2: We should say for a good introduction to dissociative states, the book The Myth of Sanity... By Martha Stout is excellent.
0: Excellent, yes. Okay, the Greenbaum speech was a lecture given by D.C. Hammond, and it was originally entitled Hypnosis in Multiple Personality Disorder Ritual Abuse. Uh, it was delivered at the fourth annual Eastern Regional Conference on Abuse and Multiple Personality on June 25, 1992, at the Radisson Plaza Hotel in Mark Center, Alexandria, Virginia. The uh, conference was sponsored by the Center for Abuse Recovery and Empowerment, the Psychiatric Institute of Washington, D.C. Now, uh, tapes and transcripts of this lecture were once available from audio transcripts of uh, Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, From what I understand, tapes and transcripts of other sessions from the conference are still being sold, but for some reason not this particular lecture. Uh, The reason we have a copy of it is because there was a private tape made of the lecture and it was privately transcribed. Um, Now, this Dr. Hammond talks about uh, this particular mind control program as being an offshoot of projects that Nazi scientists, doctors, psychiatrists, etc., were working on when they were imported to the United States at the end of World War II. Now, the thing that happened was, was that at the end of World War II, of course, uh, the United States military was quite convinced that the German scientists had made some extraordinary advances in technology, and they very much wanted to have that technology for themselves at the Yalta Conference, where uh, Stalin, Roosevelt, and Churchill met. It seems that there was a little bit of unhappiness at the fact that, the, that Churchill and Roosevelt uh, had to cede uh, a great deal of uh, control of European real estate to Stalin. They didn't like him and they didn't trust him, rightfully so. But nevertheless, they wanted to make sure that they had uh, better firepower than he did To keep him under control. Now, it could also have been that they just simply met and agreed, this is how we're going to divide up the world, and then we will create a cold war just to keep everybody nervous, keep people from getting together, because the most important thing for pathocrats, you know, for evil people in control of large populations is to keep their populations in the dark about what they're doing and to not ever let the populations wise up to what they're doing because if the normal people ever really, really understood how evil they were, they would rise up in mass against them and take them from power. So the, mo- the, the real enemy is the masses of people. That is the enemy of governments. That's who they are really trying to control under any and all circumstances. So the United States wanted to get control of any and all German technology and scientific developments. And they decided to import all of these scientists. Uh, Of course, they were instructed to only bring those who were able to pass a security clearance, that is, who were not guilty of war crimes. As it happened, the the Allendellas and the people who were charged with the task of bringing these scientists to the United States realized that there were almost none of them who were not guilty of war crimes. And so they covered it up. They created falsified documentation for them, falsified records, brought them over under under a, a program called Operation Paperclip and installed them in laboratories and on military bases and, and gave them you know, funds and, and operational facilities and put them to work. Apparently, among this group of scientists, there were psychologists, psychiatrists, medical doctors who were doing experiments in, in what can only be called mind control or, or you know, controlling people's states of mind. So without going into all the details, because you can get most of this by reading this Greenbaum lecture, the, the thing was was that they learned how to deliberately dissociate the human being, starting at a very early age, and to create what could if, you know, actually be uh, you know, the perfect spy or the perfect agent. And the reason that this was important to them is, is fairly obvious, because if you're, if you're engaged in warfare against an enemy which heads of state are continuously engaged in warfare against enemies. It's as old as time. I mean, they want they want real estate, they want money, they want goods, they want resources, uh, you know, slaves, women, whatever. Um, so having perfect spies who can either carry out your instructions, for example, assassinating someone that you want to get out of the way, or gathering information without ever being... Uh, revealed as a spy that nobody can connect them back to you so you can always look you know like you're completely innocent I don't have any spies in your country so the way to do this is to create the perfect spy the dissociated spy
2: Uh, one of the other aspects of it was that the spy him or herself wasn't even aware that they were a spy so that if they were caught and if they were tortured interrogated because it was a dissociated part of themselves that was the spy. The rest of the personality wasn't aware of it. So under torture, there was nothing that that they could say because they
0: would never reveal because they, they didn't know exactly. And so they, this this is what they were interested in doing was creating these kinds of spies and agents. So this is the this is the background of it. So apparently, what happened was. Once they figured out that they could do this, they figured out that there were all kinds of interesting uses for such types of agents. Uh, they didn't necessarily have to be uh, created to send to a foreign country to gather intelligence, nor did they have to be uh, assigned to commit an assassination. I mean, those those things were, of course, you know, important, but there were also so many other things they could do in in terms of putting such individuals into the normal population and to have them uh, be vectors of attention or vectors of direction, you know, to uh, to create um, nodal points around which certain ideas could be propagated. Um, so this is one of the elements of mind control, which is to have individuals who are so convinced, so so full of belief about you know an ideology or a something that uh, is being presented or promoted by the government that they want other people to get behind and have have ordinary members of society supporting it and believing in it and promoting it and and encouraging their neighbors by their example or by their words or whatever to do that so that's one thing uh, that could even be fo- called a form of counterintelligence, but then of course, there's other things which which you know we see happening today, which uh, is for example, um, serial killers.
2: There was the example of the Washington sniper a few years ago, and the very curious messages that the police were asked to read over the the television to the sniper. And they said that these were messages that I think the sniper wanted or the sniper asked them to read, but it could very well be that if the sniper was a a green bomb victim that this was a controller that was putting out these messages and it was something, trigger words, that would indicate to the guy to, okay, forget about it, give up, uh, or something like that.
0: Yeah, and in case you're wondering why a government would want to have uh, serial killers or uh, mass murderers who get up in towers and shoot lots of people, or, or as they say so quaintly in the United States nowadays, you know, go postal. Um, just consider if you've seen this movie V for Vendetta, uh, the 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 Chancellor uh, telling his minions to that he wants people to be afraid and he wants them to be very afraid and that they they had even used a manufactured epidemic to make people afraid because when people are in fear then they will turn to what seems to be a strong leader to protect and defend them and will hand their will will hand their belief over to this individual completely and totally and he kept hammering, you know, you know, make them know how much they need us. Because, of course, the greatest fear of a deviant psychopath in power is that, once again, that ordinary people, people with conscience, will figure out who they are, what they are, what they're doing, and will band together and oust them from power. The only way to keep in power is to continuously generate fear among a population. And this is the primary usage of these Green Bomb victims, to be out in, in and amongst the population to to commit crimes, to commit crimes of great violence, to, uh, to be serial murderers, to be uh, mass murderers of, 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 you know, terrifying proportion, to even be so-called terrorists. Um, the uses of the Green Bomb method for creating terrorists are, you know, probably pretty self-evident. I mean, we don't for an instant think that, you know, 19 Arab terrorists... Uh, You know, had anything to do with 9 11, but there are certainly, you know, individuals who are being utilized in in many other ways to produce terrorist activities throughout the world. And undoubtedly, many of them are mind controlled victims. They don't even know what they are doing. They are Mm. completely. I mean, think of Sirhan Sirhan, uh, who who shot Bobby Kennedy. Uh, Think of. uh, uh, the individual who uh, who shot Martin Luther King. James Earl Ray. James Earl Ray, yeah. And, uh, and Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby, who was also undoubtedly uh, a diso- dis- dissociated mind control person. And it was his job to shoot the patsy for the John Kennedy murder, which was uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Because, of course, if Lee Har- Harvey Oswald had ever been brought to trial and had ever been you know, allowed to tell his side of the story or even possibly... Uh, give testimony that led to the production of evidence of what he was saying was true, then their whole uh, you know lone shooter theory would collapse in flames, and he had to be gotten rid of immediately. I well, the,
3: mean, the interesting thing about Jack Ruby is that he. Uh, some people suggested that um, just before he shot Lee Harvey Oswald, a uh, car horn sounded quite loudly uh, in the parking garage. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, out of the building that they were in, and um, and you can hear
0: it quite plainly if uh, when you when you watch the video of that. that.
3: This was this was used as a trigger. This it wasn't, wasn't a problem. word. It was a, It was just. It was. He it was, was set horn. up to, to, yeah. to. When the to car horn went off, it, act on the car horn. He yeah.
0: dissociated, became an assassin, and that was all she wrote. So that uh, you know that's the main thing about the green bomb. So there, uh, according to. Uh, Dr. Hammond, uh, most green bomb victims are children of military personnel or children who have been sent to certain uh, private schools uh, where there is the possibility to have access to them two or three times a week for a certain period of time when they're growing up to create these dissociated states, these alternate personalities, which can then be utilized later on um, for example uh, the uh, the McMartin preschool scandal now this was completely uh, politicized and, and even covered up but it's it seems very likely that this was in fact a uh, one of these types of operations where very young children were taken early and the process of dissociating them because apparently they start at the age of two and a half, three years old. They begin to work on them to, to, to begin to produce these dissociative states. And this is done through, you know, truly horrendous abuse. It's it's a pretty sick thing, but that's apparently what is going on. And like I said, the, the main reason that the majority of the population is subjected or susceptible to this kind of manipulation is because the majority of the population couldn't and wouldn't do it themselves, and therefore they cannot believe that there are human-looking beings who can,
2: will, and do, do this sort of thing. Okay, we've covered two levels of mind control. We looked at the use of the press and the media. In controlling the way people think, we've looked at Green Bomb. The third level of mind control or influence that we want to look at has to do with HARP. Now, there are people that speculate that the HARP system is for controlling weather. However, we have a different take on it, and it goes back to the 1960s with the beginning of the upper atmosphere nuclear tests. And Laura talks about this in detail in the Secret History of the World. Maybe she'd like to give us a short recap.
0: Yes. Well, I don't have all my notes right at hand, so I may not have all the names. But uh, people can get that from the book. Yeah. Read the book. Read the book. It goes into some detail, gives names, footnotes. You know, cites the sources, etc. Uh, apparently, it was discovered that. Uh, through, through experimentation once again with these kinds of uh, things that were offshoots from the Nazi uh, scientists that, uh, well, obviously, being able to control your alter personality, your green bomb type spy, at a distance is going to be an important factor. You want to be able to give them messages. You want to be able to trigger them. You want to be able to give them instructions At a distance, because there may be circumstances where you don't have any other means of control. So, being able to uh, to communicate with them at a distance without any intermediary system was one of the considerations that these types of of researchers were looking at, and that probably was the beginnings of this particular type of research, which. Uh, dealt with putting, using uh, different kinds of carrier waves to transmit information or instructions over the air. Well, of course, during the process, they uh, realized that these kinds of things were having effects on other people. For example, um, look at the so-called alien abduction issue. This is very likely... Uh, a cover story that was created to mask the fact that they were experimenting with these types of things, with sending these types of of, of instructions or, or um, learning how to modulate the transmission so that their green bomb type subjects could pick them up more easily. They were able at a certain point, I believe in the late 60s, early 70s, to transmit words directly into the brain, Without uh, any intermediary device, in other words, you don't have to pick up telephone, you're just sitting there in the room and it comes into your head. Of course, uh, there is another technology that was used um, and i think I think it was called the neurophone or it was very similar to the neurophone where an individual would be taken in and dissociated and taught a certain code system. And this code system could be a series of, uh, you know, dots and dashes, so to speak, or, you know, ons and offs or or little beep tones or whatever. And once the individual learned this in a dissociated state and it was embedded in their subconscious, later on, if the signal was sent to them, it could be sent to them at a very, very rapid speed because the subconscious could take it in and, and, you know, more or less unpack it in their brain. And decipher, uh, you know, what was being transmitted, even if they weren't consciously aware of it. Um, there was a young kid in Australia a few years back who had kind of stumbled on some of this technology, and he was—he had a little website about it. We were reading it int- with great interest because he had learned about being able to transmit these kinds of signals through the skin, and he was uh, a university student, and he was. Uh, he got some of his friends to agree to be subjects in his experiments, and what he would do is he would put them under hypnosis, which is a, a dissociated state, and he would teach them this this coded language, which uh, probably a series of, of of beep tones, which represented letters, and letters could be put together to make words, and words sentences, etc. And then it could all be speeded up very fast by means of technology, because he could then take, say for example, a a game scenario from uh, from a video game, and run it through his computer program, which then converted all of the words. You know, like uh, uh, Joe got up out of bed at seven o'clock in the morning, and he went to went to the store, and he bought a donut, and and um, and drank some milk, and then he got in his car, and he drove to the park, and went fishing. So, you have a simple little story like that, and you'd convert it into this code, and then you transmit it to the recipient through their skin that you know he would actually put these little little electrodes on their skin, and by a series of pulses, it would go into their skin and by by this by this tactile organ. It would then go into their subconscious mind, completely bypassing the conscious. conscious was not aware of, I mean, you know, sure they were aware of the electrode and that there was coming a little buzzy feeling, but, you know, had no idea that an entire scenario in a, in a period of five or ten minutes had been transmitted into their subconscious through their skin. And then they would get up, of course, and they would act out the scenario because by it being transmitted into their subconscious directly, They believed it was their own thoughts. They believed that they thought about getting up at seven thirty in the morning and going down the store to eat a donut. They believed that since it was unpacking in their own subconscious that because they decided then to get in their car and drive to the park and go fishing, that it was their own thoughts that they were thinking about doing this and that because they were thinking about doing it, that this is what they wanted to do, and they had no idea whatsoever that this entire scenario had been transmitted into their subconscious through a little device, a little electrode that had sent the signals through their skin. Well, needless to say, uh, in a very short period of time, this website disappeared from the Internet, and we have never been able to find Heidner here of this guy since. We suspect that he is probably, you know, working in an underground laboratory somewhere because he had made this most interesting discovery all pretty much on his own, so he was a pretty clever guy. He did, at the time, write about the fact that... Um, He experimented with this with several of his friends, and he stopped because some of these friends started going a little wacko on him, and they were not able to control, you know, what had been, something had been opened up inside them, and they were not able to control what was going on. So the thing is, is that it's very possible that when you put someone in a dissociated state and make them accessible to this kind of coded activity, God knows what's floating around out there in the atmosphere. They can get to them. So this brings us back to Harp, And this brings us back to Harp because, yes, once they had worked on these kinds of projects, then the idea was, of course, as I said, to get the information to your recipient, your designated agent, no matter where they are. Well, there's a problem with sending signals on the planet because the planet, as it happens, is round. And when you send certain types of waves, these waves more or less travel in straight lines. And when you have a wave that's traveling in a straight line around a round planet, it doesn't really go around the round planet. It goes off into space. So if you want to be able... So the
2: aliens
3: on other planets are picking these up and yeah. crazy. <laughs> A bunch of aliens going down to the store for donuts. Yeah, morning, I'm going,
0: going to the park and going fishing. So the thing was, was to uh, the idea came to create what they call a neutral cavity in the atmosphere, which was to create a, um, a, basically a, an enclosed cavity-type space for the use of these waves uh, so that when you send the wave out from, say, New York or wherever, you know, it will get to your agent in San Francisco or your series of agents. So say you have, you know, 10 or 15 people that you've got programmed to go out and commit murders because you want to keep a certain population terrified um, because maybe they're they're getting too close to figuring out that uh, their leaders are not what they're cracked up to be and they, they might be, you know, starting to band together and... And you know, looking like they're going to be a little rowdy, so you want to you want to put them in a state of fear because as soon as they're in a state of fear, they're going to get back in line again. So you create this neutral cavity for the purpose of of uh, being able to bounce your signals so that it can hit your target. And and obviously, with computer technology, they can be pretty specific. They can cover a very specific area. They can target uh, you know something you know particular parameters or perimeters, uh, very specifically and precisely. So then, of course, uh, then we get into the issue of harp, Because in order to produce other kinds of signals that actually affect, and and here we're getting into another layer of of, uh, so-called mind control, uh, controlling people's emotions. The, uh, the Navy was doing some research, I believe in the 30s or 40s, and they discovered that extremely low frequency waves can produce changes in emotion or in emotional states that they affect the body in a, um, in a very particular way and it can cause a, the stimulation of secretions of uh, particular hormones and, and neurochemicals. So experimenting with all of these different types of waves, you you know, naturally you want to have a facility where you can produce any or all of them and you want to have the ability to cover as large an area as possible, say, you know, all of North America, maybe even Central America, and to be able to send out any, any group of signals or combination of signals to any... Numbers of places uh, at any given time, uh, you know, you've got a problem here and you want to target that particular area. You've got a problem over there. So you want to have a different uh, signal, different message going there. So you've got to have a very large facility to produce all of these things. And they have to be strong enough, of course, you know, to do the job. And so while I you, you build something like harp, which is a, a transmitting station, and then you you make a cover story saying that it's uh, for weather control or it's for dabbling with the weather, which, you know, I mean, people would say, oh, well, why would they say that they're, you know, that they're they're trying to mess with our weather because that's an evil thing and people are going to go after them? Well, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that they know that people are going to think they're up to something, so they want them to think that they're up to the wrong thing, you know, the different thing. And then you have things like, you know, so-called chemtrails, Clearly, there is some amount of chemtrail activity that is designed to produce sickness in people because that keeps them believing that it is just designed to produce sickness in them and then they don't realize what chemtrails really are for is to put certain particulate matter into the upper levels of the atmosphere to create the neutral cavity for the facilitation of the waves from such a facility as HARP. And there you have it. You have uh, the most complete technological mind control system that has ever been dreamed of. I mean, the Atlanteans couldn't have done better with their so-called, you know, crystal mind control. And and here you have this. They're doing this. They don't have to implant anything into you. Uh, there doesn't have to even be aliens for this to work.
3: Well, the other thing about uh, Harp being the, the story that Harp is is uh, to do with weather control is that. Uh, Controlling the weather is a lot more innocuous than controlling human beings. So,
0: yeah. you can always say, yes, we've been doing experiments with weather control because we knew global warming was coming and we were just trying. We were just doing it for you. You know, we were just trying to find out how to save you from suffering. All you poor, pitiful people, you know, who are going hungry now because, you know, because there's famines and there's, you know, drought and there's, you know, floods in other places and you're without electricity. We're just doing it for you.
2: Well, that gives us a nice lead-in to what may be the final part of the discussion tonight, which has to do with cyclic catastrophes and how mind control relates to cyclic catastrophes.
3: Well, the obvious way that uh, mind control relates to cyclic catastrophes is that um, if cyclic cyclic catastrophes are real and uh, just about nobody on the planet believes they're real, well, then that's a good argument for stating that uh, this is more mind control. It distracts
0: people. Mind control. Distracts. It distracts
2: people, and it's also if you know that there is a cyclic catastrophe coming, you need to prepare the population. One way of preparing them would be to let everybody know that it's coming, so that everybody is aware of it and can take whatever precautions that are necessary. This and is obviously do work, to work together exactly
0: and spend money on preparations and research and so on and so forth. But this is
2: obviously not the scenario that they've chosen. What they've chosen is keep everybody in the dark, the mushroom scenario, and not only keep them in the dark, but render people as passive and as susceptible to, to becoming victims as possible.
0: And there's a reason for that. Because once again, when you begin to think about psychologically deviant human beings who stay in power by virtue of their ability to dupe and deceive the majority of the population, that means that when the majority starts getting to be a little bit big, they want to reduce that number. And this has been, you know, historically speaking, this has been. Uh, what is what what has happened throughout history? For example, the uh, uh, the situation in World War II, when they were uh, committing genocide on the Jews. There's sufficient evidence to show that it was the psychologically deviant Jews who were the ones who were working with the Nazis. Because of course, the normal people, people with conscience, people with you know people with feeling would not do that. They you know, they would not betray their own kind, you know, and and, and here I here you almost can't even talk about in terms of religion or, or or ethnicity, just betraying another human being. You know, normal people are not gonna do it. However, deviants do it because they don't see Normal people as being their own kind, you know. It's for them. It's every man for himself. You know, dog-eat-dog world.
3: Well, more than that, they don't feel any. Uh, they don't empathy. feel any
0: connection. So of course, you know, there is sufficient evidence to to suggest that it was the psychologically deviant Jews who were working with the Nazis, selecting who did and who did not, you know, get ex- exterminated or eliminated. Which meant that they were able to select their own kind for preservation and to make sure that the normal people, the people who would not betray other human beings, were the ones who went to their deaths, which means that a vast majority of Jews that survived the Holocaust were the psychologically deviant and not the normal ones, which is a whole other problem itself because now you have a large population of deviants Running an entire country in Israel, and you have as many more of those deviants, you know, in dominant positions in the media and in banking and in other businesses throughout the world, you know, corporations and so forth. Because the fact is, is that these particular types of deviants, psychopaths, and 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 related uh, uh, pathologies, do very well in business. They do very well in in any kind of thing where where betraying a friend or betraying the trust of other human beings or using other human beings is the thing that gets you on top, you know, climbing on the backs of, of other people to get to the top. So they do very well in that kind of a world and in in, in in a capitalistic world, in fact. So you have quite a number of these deviants who realize that if the rest of the population of the world the normal people ever wake up to who they are and what they are doing and what they have done already within recorded history that they will be removed from power and very likely exterminated themselves this is for them not an acceptable option so what are they going to do They are desperately working to keep as many people ignorant of what is happening to this planet as possible so that as many normal people will be kept in the dark so that they will die while the pathologically deviant individuals, and I don't want to call them human beings even, will survive they will survive in their bunkers. They will survive with, you know, with all of their oil intact. They will survive with their piles of gold, and there probably will be, you know, you know, five, ten million normal people who actually do survive. I mean, we're talking about global cataclysms that could easily wipe out, you know, ninety to ninety-six percent of the planet's population in a very short period of time, and uh, once this happens then there will be just enough of those, you know, those other people, those normal people to be be the slaves to the pathologically deviant who will still be in power, which is their plan. And that is the ultimate, the ultimate reason for the use of mind control and the ultimate reason for why things are the way they are on this planet today. And it has nothing to do with, you know, races, or ethnicities or even religions, except that those things are used to control and divide people. It has to do with two types of human beings. It has to do with normal people who are the majority, people who have feelings, emotions, people who care about other people and individuals that are born without that organ of caring, who are born Lacking something significant that normal human beings have and take for granted—the the, the evolutionary substratum that helps us to, to identify with one another and to support one another and to take care of one another—you know—that so that when one mother who is Arabic sees uh, you know, another mother who is Jewish who has a sick baby, you know, she will help her. And the same thing for the Jewish mother who sees the Arabic mother with the sick baby. Because they are mothers and they care for each other, for other human beings, you know, they, 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 they will help each other. And these are the things that, that are lacking. And these are the things that are being manipulated out of us, that are being mind controlled out of us. This ability to say, you know, this is wrong. Somebody is being hurt, and it is my job, my duty to stand up and to help them.
3: But First and foremost, I'm a human being. Before I'm an Arab, before I'm a Jew, before I have any religious affiliation, before I have any racial affiliation, uh, that I'm a human being. And we notice that this is one of the things that has really not existed uh among humanity for 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 millennia since the introduction of organized religion and 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 other other deliberately created divisions being able to uh, see this kind of division i mean these artificial kind of uh concepts that have been foisted on people of of being you know christian or, or muslim or or seeing themselves as being you know from one racial division first and foremost and rather than than their own humanity so uh
0: it seems that in the, some of the more ancient teachings, you can see traces of this uh, this idea that there were two different types of of uh, human-looking beings. There were, you know, human beings who who uh, who cared about other human beings, who did their duty, were uh, honorable and noble, and uh, sacrificing uh, themselves for other people and then there were the other kind and and you find the traces of this in some of the most ancient teachings so i mean even from one of the mo- the more the most ancient of all which is the bible it says the sons of god looked on the daughters of men and saw that they were fair and took wives of them and that was the mixing of the genetics so now uh, you know any given family be by, by due to the laws of genetic recombination can produce, a normal family can produce a psychopath or a psychopathic couple can produce a normal child, you know, a child who has uh, emotions, a child who has the normal substratum of of the human being. And uh, this is really kind of a tragedy when you think about it because uh, we are all, mind-controlled or brainwashed to believe that everyone has a soul, everyone is the same, and that they're all like us. But they're not. And that's the real difference between human beings. It has nothing to do with race, religion, color, ethnicity,
3: or union affiliation. I think the... uh, Just getting back to the question, which was uh, from a reader, which was to do with cyclical catastrophes, I think the... um, the what 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 the what the reader wanted us to talk about was the idea of natural cyclical catastrophes. But what you just said brings up um, an interesting idea in that there are, certainly there are natural cyclical catastrophes, um, and there's a lot of evidence. Well, there's a certain amount of evidence for that. But uh, we could also say that cyclical catastrophes uh, have another source, a man-made source. Or as you said, you didn't want to call them human beings, but certainly. Uh, there can be catastrophes brought on by the actions, the, 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 this bloody-minded, inhuman view of the world that uh, that that uh, psychopaths have. I mean, certainly, if if such people rise to positions of uh, almost uh, complete power, that they could very easily uh, introduce a, a a catastrophe, a worldwide catastrophe, and may have done in the past. I mean, who's to say that? Certain events in, in the long distant past so, um, were not uh, precipitated by such people.
0: Well, in a certain sense, uh, you can think about this in terms of uh, ecological studies of uh, animal populations. For example, you know, uh, uh, taking a particular ecosystem that is inhabited by foxes and rabbits, for example and studying you know, the population of rabbits relative to the population of foxes over a long period of time. And you'll notice that for a period of time you know, the rabbits will multiply exponentially and uh, um, then the foxes will begin to kill and eat the rabbits. And because there are plenty of rabbits, uh, there are plenty, there's plenty of food for the foxes. So the foxes will get fat and sassy and will produce more offspring And then there will be more and more foxes eating more and more rabbits until the point comes when all the rabbits are gone, or nearly all the rabbits except for the very smart ones. And then the foxes begin to starve to death or to eat each other because there are not enough rabbits to feed them. And as soon as the population of foxes has been reduced, then once again the population of rabbits begins to grow and then the whole thing cycles over and over again. Well, this is probably uh, what it... Is very similar to what happens with these two types of human beings. Uh, whenever the pathological minority begins to uh, grow in number exponentially, as as it seems to have been doing for oh, probably the past um, uh, past forty, fifty years. I mean, with the with the whole free love thing of the '60s. I mean, it was very easy for. Uh, psychopaths to travel around the country and propagate offspring you know in mass because any given psychopath can impregnate hundreds of women in his lifetime because he goes along he impregnates one he he disappears abandons her goes and impregnates another you know has multiple wives or whatever and uh, while the normal human beings they form committed relationships and one you know, one couple will produce a limited number of children, you know, of, of the normal ilk. So they don't have the possibility of producing as many offspring as psychopaths have. So when you have a society such as we had in the 60s and 70s, where, you know, the the, the theme of the time was uh, free love, free sex, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you, you're with, etc., there was undoubtedly a uh, a whole generation of uh, uh Many, many, many psychopaths being born because of this particular attitude this uh, and we we see now the the whole idea of of the Christian right to deny a woman an abortion if she 's been raped or you know the morning after pills or whatever. And that is just something that facilitates the expansion of the numbers of psychopaths, of of psychologically deviant human beings in the human population. And stepping back from it coldly, you know, just look at it. It's it's just like rabbits and foxes. And there are many, many foxes right now. And only the smart rabbits are going to survive.
2: We'll end it there for this week. If you'd like to discuss any of the ideas that we have raised, you can come to the Signs of the Times forum. There is a link off of the Signs of the Times page at www.signs-of-the-times.org. This week we're going to leave you with a little music that came out of France following the Zidane headbutt incident. It is a song that was written the following day that has Taking caught on. Taking the world by storm. Taken the world by storm, yeah. It's caught on like wildfire. It's, it's top the charts in France at least.
0: And they're even going to create a new dance out of it, you know, where you just go and you headbutt
2: your partner. Make sure it's a psychopath. <laughs> so thank you, and we'll see you next time.
1: <hrlich> Si l'a, l'a frappé, si l'a, l'a frappé, l'a, tapé. l'a frappé, 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 l'a eu mal. L'a frappé, l'italienne va pas bien. frappé, l'a l'arbitre l'a vu à la télé a on l'a raté on a quand la